All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the uh, Beyond the Bar podcast. Um, we've been on a little hiatus here. Um, for those of you guys that are uh, not in the know, we had the uh, the Athlete Open last week, which is a, uh, uh, a competition here in uh, Austin that we that we host, and it's uh, it takes a village to make that thing happen. So we uh, got a little backlogged on our podcast, but uh, but we're back, and we're actually going to talk a little bit about the competition and just some kind of some things that we saw. Uh, as well as uh, just a few different tips and kind of strategies that um, any of you athletes out there that are looking to get involved in competition. I know a lot of times folks go and watch something like the Athlete Open, and then they kind of get the old competition bug. Um, so we want to kind of give give everybody a few 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 uh, pointers in terms of what you can do and, and how to uh, approach a competition um, to be successful, um, as well as just kind of take a look back at some of the things and some of the folks that we saw out there at Texas School for the Deaf uh, last weekend. Uh, first, though, I just want to uh, actually give a big thank you out to all of our, our volunteers that helped us last weekend. Um, we had a, a great, great crew of folks that uh, um, that really made things just uh just run really smoothly. If uh, we, we did have a little bit of a, an issue with the weather, and uh, we, were, we were we were super bummed that we had to cancel our final workout. Um, we Aaron and I had both kind of put a, a lot of time and thought into that one. We we're pretty pretty psyched about about doing that one, and unfortunately, we uh, we got rained out for that final workout, and they wouldn't let us back on the field to get any equipment. So, um, so but besides that, we uh, we had a great great day. Um, Again, like I said, we had a, a huge group of volunteers, and uh, we can't thank those guys enough. Um, and uh, and a good, just a, a good group from the, our staff um, that that just did a ton of work leading up and and even afterwards cleaning up and getting everything um, torn down um, for the event. So it's uh, it's one of those things. It's I, I liken it to a wedding. I know Aaron doesn't doesn't know what this experience is like yet, but, uh, um, you plan and plan and plan and plan. And you just, you just want to get to the big day. And we, we got to the big day and everything, uh, went as, went as well as you can, you can expect, uh, uh, considering, uh, the conditions that, that we were dealt, but, uh, but yeah, we were super excited about the event and it, it went really well. And, and, uh, We'll be excited to get back out there and do it again next year. Yeah, and can I can I say this just for the record? None of us really wanted that last workout to happen. <laughs> I mean, I mean the 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 mile burpee thing. It's not like we planned it. That oh, way. Yeah, oh you know, yeah, like yeah. None of us, none of us coaches or none of us people were like, oh, we're so psyched that this is going to be. It. We all wanted the sled pull and the burpee box jump and uh, you know the ground to overhead. Yeah. We were everybody was psyched about. It. I think our like the whole everybody, every uh, we wanted to see it. I wanted to see it just as much as anybody else. Um, and so, yeah, that that one, you know, it's not something that we definitely planned. I know it's uh, yeah. kind of got thrown. Yeah, you know, I, and uh, for those of you guys that weren't there, uh, <clears throat> so we had to for our amateurs and masters. We uh, they were the only division that didn't have uh, that hadn't got in four workouts. So all of our divisions had done two runs. They'd done a lift. And they'd done one uh, CrossFit workout, and so we uh, we had to kind of think on the fly, and and we came up with because uh, we we literally couldn't even get onto the field to get our equipment off. So uh, um, our only options were the track and and body weight basically, yeah. and so we went uh, 
four rounds of a 400-meter run and 10 burpees. Well, not the most spectator-friendly workout. No. I do. I, I will say this. we With the Masters, and I was looking back um, in terms of kind of the spectrum of of just energy system work that we we got out of it, it actually hit something a little bit different than what we what we'd been uh, working. So those guys had a uh, a 100, um, and then a 400, and a lift, a, a power clean, and they finished with about that workout. An aerobic, yeah, yeah, a little kind of a a little VO2 aerobic um, aerobic power workout. They fell in about I can't remember exactly the time, so I want to say between 12 and 15 minutes, pretty much, right? Uh, yeah, it was most of them were under for sure. Most, right? yeah, just yeah, under yeah. 12 minutes, yeah. And so, uh, so you got you know uh, a 10 second like very high power um, uh, workout, 10 second kind of that high alactic what we like to call alactic power um, piece, and then uh, that that 400 is just the 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 bulk of that that really nasty lactic work right and that's between that 45 to 90 second range really uh um is is that that stuff that if you can push into that zone you, you can, it really makes makes you hurt right yeah definitely and yeah. then uh and then kind of finishing the day off or obviously the the cp work with the the strength and the the power on the power clean and then uh and then finishing up with that that kind of high-end uh, aerobic work. So while it wasn't the prettiest of tests, I, I still uh, I will stand by the completeness of the test yeah, of, of, of the competition. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, um, so anyway, so kind of with that said, what we want to visit about today is, uh, is we want to talk about competitions and uh, some of the different aspects of, of things that, that we saw with the athletes down at the Athlete Open and the, the, particularly the athletes that did really well. Um, and, and then also just kind of, you know, like I said before, we, we, we find that folks go out, they watch something like that, they're involved in it, they judge, they volunteer, and they're like, hey, man, I, I, you know, I'm, I can do this too. I want to kind of throw my hat in the ring and, and see what it's like to, uh, uh, to kind of get out there and, and compete, and so uh, so we want to make sure that we have uh, kind of give everybody a few tips today on on some of the the different aspects of that of uh, making that competition day a a good experience for you. So uh, so I'm going to throw it to Aaron first. Uh, he had a, a good observation. We had several uh, actual decathletes that that competed. There was uh, so our third place professional. Yeah, he was a a former decathlete at UT at UT, yeah. and then the first place amateur. <laughs> Um, uh, athlete was a, a decathlete at the University of Florida. Yeah, I, you know, I thought that was interesting. And it's, it's one of those things I think when, uh, you know, when you first came up with the idea and we kind of first started brainstorming um, about this competition and, and what, what it can kind of bring and how many crossover athletes we can do. I mean, that's, that's kind of cool seeing it, um, you know, kind of come to fruition in a sense of like seeing those athletes actually participate. Um, you know, granted, some of them had holes in their mm -hmm. CrossFit skills, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but uh, it's kind of neat to see, one, the, the makeup in the sense of what their body types are to CrossFitters and how they respond to the workouts, and, and it was very interesting, you know. And, um, you know, I wrote a blog article, uh, you know, last year after the Open about, like, just the sprinting end of it, and, uh, and so that's why it's interesting always to see CrossFitters sprint, and then you see, like, the Catholics sprint. Right. Um, you know, and then, like, 
seeing the differences and stuff. And uh, it's just interesting. It's interesting to me. I hope that side grows as Athlete Open grows. As, right. As having the, the, the crossover athletes come in. I think it's it makes for an inter- interesting event. And then a true kind of test of, you know, both in the fitness world of what you would really think of, um, you know, most people do think the fittest person is the, the decathlete. Um, Olympic champion, and then CrossFit's come here and said that, oh, no, the fittest person is the CrossFit Games champion, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's kind of neat to see a little blend of a blend of both, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I thought that one of the things that was interesting was, um, so this year, last year we did a 200-meter sprint, and this year we did a 100-meter sprint, and so I wanted to, uh, to have Aaron just come on and talk a little bit about um, some of the prep work um, that goes into um, – to that sprinting piece that that you may not see necessarily that much in in your, kind of your general CrossFit stuff. We you know we do some sprints here, but generally uh, we'll we'll extend them out a little bit. We don't we don't get a ton of just straight on 50, 50 to hundred meter sprinting that goes on here. And you know we saw a few folks pull up with some hamstrings and, and different things like that. So so when we're looking at a a straight ten second balls to the wall, everything you've got type of, uh, of running event, Aaron, what are, what are some different things that, that folks can do to kind of prepare themselves for that? Um, <clears throat> well, I'd say this is what's, this was interesting about it is that most, everybody kind of pulled up, at least on the, you know, like the, the injuries and it, and it was mostly CrossFit athletes, um, that did it. They, they pulled up right at top speed mechanics. So in other words, they got past the acceleration phase, fine. Um, they went up to being nice and tall, tall running, um, and yeah, their hamstring kind of tweaked on them, um, and there was there was multiple ones, and I've heard them throughout the day of, of people kind of dropping out because of it. Um, and I and honestly, like if you start looking at like biomechanics as even in like the clean and uh, the snatch, if you if you think about the most of the weaknesses people have in that area, it's that they go over kind of the balls of their feet, you know, and they kind of lean forward. In other words, they're, they're kind of moving forward as they catch it in the clean or catch that snatch. Mm-hmm. Um, they're using a lot more quads, right? Mm-hmm. And so that actually is. That that mistake actually lends you to being really good at acceleration. That's why, like, in the football, you know, you see people doing power cleans. And if you go to any weight room in, mm-hmm. in the state of Texas, even in, probably at the college UT or wherever else, their Olympic weightlifting is probably not spot on. Those guys are probably still moving forward and, and, and mm-hmm. using a lot more quads. And they get away with that exercising, and the transfer of training goes pretty well because all they do is accelerate. Mm-hmm. Not too many times in football do you – get open space and you get to go nice tall running. Most of it is just literally acceleration. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you see the same thing. And happen. so in that, in that a uh, hundred meter, what, what like percent or what distance would you say is the actual acceleration piece? I mean, depending on how strong you are, if you're pretty strong, you're looking at like maybe 30 meters. I know the pros go out to 40, 45 nowadays because mm-hmm. acceleration is literally where speed is now coming from. If you think of, acceleration being that ball starting to roll down the hill and by the time it gets to the flat it can roll a lot farther if it's built up a lot of momentum it's the same thing that 30 to 45 meters if you can be strong enough and accelerate fast then it's only going to propel you faster in your in your top speed and, mm-hmm. and, and tall running um you know but that's the tall running is where the coordination and the beauty of running happens you look at um Muscle timing happening a lot faster. You look at more elastic strength happening. That's why you see a lot of people maybe pull up with uh, even hip flexors because you've now where CrossFit is very much kind of this concentric of the knees bringing brought up either in toes to bar or box jumps and stuff like that. There's not a whole lot of eccentric action coming from the hip flexor, which happens a lot in sprinting. And mm-hmm. same thing with the, the hamstring muscle too. 
if you look at how CrossFitters are built, um, you can see big quads and big butts usually, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. The hamstrings somehow get not developed very well. And, and that's the reason is because um, even though we think we're doing a lot of variety of exercise, the chances are we're always doing things either in that kind of anterior chain or, yeah. or squatting or, or whatever else. Um, and the hamstring muscle is a smart muscle where the quad and the, and the glute muscle is literally a dumb muscle. In other words, it'll grow pretty much up off of anything. Yeah. Um, where the hamstring, you almost need to cycle workouts every two weeks because it adapts quick and it wants another stimulus. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing is that if you haven't been running or sprinting uh, in preparation for sprinting, uh, your hamstring muscle is the first one to be like, oh, screw you. I'm, I'm not going to listen to you, what you're doing right here. And, yeah. and it's going to seize up because it just doesn't know. It, it's, not, uh, it's not used to that type of work. Uh, and then when you get to that point of even getting the hamstring used to the work, then you have to think of biomechanics. Where's the foot landing underneath the hip? Mm-hmm. I mean, how tall is the runner? Where's the tightness? Mm-hmm. Where's the asymmetries between each one? Um, that's why I think it's very very good to like keep in, if you, especially if you're competing um, as, a, as a CrossFit athlete, to keep sprinting in or keep a form of sprinting, either prowler sprints or resisted tire sprints or hills, hill repeats. Um, you know, consistently in a, in a program, you know, throughout the whole year, really. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. just bring it on uh, when you know a competition is going to have sprints. Mm-hmm. Um, always have it in. Always have it in the in the in the programming. Um, if you look at the CrossFit Games, they start, they're starting to throw a lot more kind of like that sprinting, that uh, athleticism in. Yeah, they did have a little uh, that. Uh, you know, I would definitely say uh, with the. The change of direction workout that they did, it was very short and fast. Although I would say, and looking at it, that you still have never seen a true sprint in a CrossFit event because um, with that change of direction, I can't remember exactly. It was like 5'10", and they're running around cones. Mm -hmm. Um, You really never get to get past that acceleration phase. You accelerate. Then you have to decelerate quickly. You, yeah. know, you have to have to be That's agile, right. and you have to be able to change directions. Mm-hmm. But you never get up to that top speed of like you're talking after of about thirty to forty yeah. yards, where where you're having to finish out and actually actually hold that top speed for the that last kind of. Three to four yeah. seconds. No, for sure. And that's why even if you saw at the very end, like you didn't see hamstring pulls even at the CrossFit Games early on. You saw it right there at the finish line when people were kind of coming up lame because right. they were just at that point, like you said, right. getting up at the top, maybe the last maybe 10 yards. And then, um, yeah, they just it, had just a li- yeah. enough, just touched into that zone where they're mm-hmm. in that, that top level. And yeah, that's also, interesting. And I also look at it too, is that like, you know, even from a, an athlete perspective where females can handle more of that eccentric strength uh, just because of the way they are uh the way they're built with uh you know when i say eccentric strength you're, you're talking about like your fascia your, your tendons your ligaments um you know women generally have to be I say more rubber that's why they have uh, that's why they have better flexibility just generally than guys that's why um you know their bones can kind of uh their hips obviously can expand and stuff through childbirth and stuff like that they have to have more kind of plasticity in their in their their collagen fibers and so they, they're able to handle this eccentric strength a little bit better um, and that's what's so interesting when you look at uh, CrossFit athletes and then, like, female and male and see all of a sudden, like, the males are so concentric, dominated, and the females come back and, like, even at the CrossFit Games, there's a female that could have placed in the top 20 of the of that agility thing. Yeah. You know, and then even if you looked at our female sprinters, I mean, some of those were, were right up there with the dudes at the, the athlete open. So mm-hmm. you start looking at it, it's, it's, it's interesting, and it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of... Shows you kind of where maybe how differences between genders 
needs to happen when it comes to programming for, mm-hmm. for these athletes too. For sure. So, um, functionally now, you know, we kind of understand, you know, why that happened, but what are some things, you know, you, you touched on just a little bit, you, uh, you know, maintaining some kind of form of sprinting, whether it be a sled, a sled sprint or a, or a prowler, prowler sprint, or just, just straight on sprinting. What are some other things that, that we can do to kind of help bulletproof these athletes or, or not, or at least protect the hamstrings and, and, and these kind of, uh, vulnerable pieces of the of the the machine as we if we know that we're going to come into something that's going to require us to do some uh, some top end um, sprint work. Well, I mean, just auxiliary stuff on the side of like hamstrings. I mean, always challenge the hamstrings in different ways. I mean, I know hamstring curls are sometimes not the best thing in the world, but thing is that uh, your hamstring crosses two joints, both the knee and the hip, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, the function of it actually curling is maybe not a bad thing. I mean, once in a while, especially in the off season, I mean, to offset all the stuff that we do in extension. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you have to do that necessarily, maybe not at a global gym uh, on a machine, but even go on a Swiss ball and start doing that stuff. Um, ISO holds, um, you know, up in like the hip bridge position, reverse hypers, uh, you know, back extensions. You're looking at uh, death marches with uh, dumbbells, mm-hmm. you, you know, for single leg, or even single leg uh, good mornings um, or staggered good mornings. Uh, same thing with RDLs, snatch grip RDLs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and even though an RDL and a snatch grip RDL, you know, if you look at EMG activity, you still see the lats and then the glutes and everything. So it's a different uh, stimulus to the hamstrings um, just by moving the, the grip outside. So gotcha. you constantly vary the hamstring work as auxiliary work, I think, and all of a sudden you, you one, build – build strength in the hamstring that obviously is going to help out in everything. I mean, it's going to be in play in, in all the movements. And then mm-hmm. not only that too, but then, um, you know, you have a good functioning, uh, and, and healthy hamstring that, uh, is adaptable to whatever you want to put it through. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and playing on that, I, I think that one thing that, you know, maybe gets missed and especially with, uh, you know, maybe more so in training and then actual competition. We can talk about it in both realms, but uh, you know, a, a proper warm up, proper specific warm up for um, uh, sprinting and running compared to just kind of our general dynamic warm up. I know that whenever we have, you know, runs or, or fast, you know, runs that are kind of 400 and below, I always try to have an additional specific run warm up, kind of like you would have a specific. Um, like barbell warm up if you're doing an Olympic sure. lift or something like that, and uh, and nobody ever likes it. They're like, oh, you're just gonna wear us out before we actually start <laughs> running. But um, you know, we do that for a reason uh, because whenever you're gonna do uh, something that's basically at the top end of what your body's ability is, we you really want to kind of work yourself into that. You don't want to just you know get on the foam roller and jump out there and, and try to hit 100 percent coming right out of the gate right no i agree and it's it's funny about the warm-ups people are and i I felt this uh back in the day when i was coaching a track you my sprinters were always like why are our warm-ups so long for such a short event right you know but literally the warm-up needs to be inversely proportionate to whatever exercise you're doing so if you're doing an endurance workout by all means you can maybe have a short maybe five eight minute warm-up and you're gonna be fine okay Mm -hmm. um but when it comes to either sprinting or a power lift or something else like that, you might ha- you have to have a bigger warm up to prepare your your body for for that type of uh, kind of like that that 
that gunshot. Yeah, yeah, it's a very acute stress where, you know, and I, I think that's where people kind of miss the boat is, you know, when you're doing like 20, 30 minutes, you know, you're basically running your body about 60 to 70 to 80 percent. You have to yeah. do that at that low intensity over a long period of time. But when you, uh, when you're going where you're going to, you know, going to work max, max out on your, your clean and jerk, right? You know, if you're going to max out on your clean and jerk, you don't just throw your one rep max on there and just try to do it, right? Now, if, yeah. you, if You know, anybody that's been training for any time would tell you you're an idiot if you yeah, did that. For sure. Well, and so it's the same to me. It's like you said, it's inverse. So it's the same thing as if you're 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 doing a sprint for 10 seconds, right? 10 second sprints about is going to get you about a top top of the red line as you can go. Yeah. You know, so you want to hit you want to hit some some runs at 60 percent. You want to hit some at 70. You know, 80, and just kind of build into that. Um, and that's going to be the safest, obviously, the safest way to to get into to something as opposed to just saying, hey, I'm going to jump out there and, and try to go balls to the wall 100%, mm-hmm. you know, right out of the bat, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And what's funny is that when the, the people that complain about like, oh, well, like, um, you know, you, I might get tired before the thing. Well, check your fitness. You have to realize that, especially if you're doing this general conditioning work, which is CrossFit, um, I don't think a couple, like, low, uh, you know, like, skips and high knees and then, like, uh, you know, a couple, like, kind of very body weight type stuff, that should be nothing to you. You should should, should be just as prepped to get you ready, uh, you know, for the good stuff. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. even, uh, there's just a study that just came out recently of of a... of a guy is trying to disprove this long warm-up for Olympic athletes going into the sprint. And uh, he thought it was going to be, well, these guys, they, they warm up for like 20, 25 minutes before they, they run this thing. I, I think they might get tired. Well, the problem is these guys have such a good work capacity that it takes them that long to really warm up that engine, that F1 car, to get to the point where they can do that. You yeah. know? And so um, a good warm-up is always, is always needed for stuff like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So moving on, you know, we uh, what are some other things, you know, uh, you know, when you look at game day, uh, and it's kind of kind of kind of to play along with that warm up, uh, when you're you're hitting three to four to five workouts in a row, you know, I know it can it can kind of get tedious to kind of get in there and get that good warm up, but it's important, you know, each time that you get in and get that workout to make sure that you're 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 getting yourself warmed up, you're making sure that. That, that your muscles are ready to, to compete and to, to go and, and kind of talk about that yeah. a little bit as well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you get into this where it's, you know, I guess for the majority of our group here, people come in, they warm up once, they do a workout for an hour, an hour and a half, and they leave. Um, and then on game day, we might have to do five workouts in a day. And I think sometimes that warm-up all of a sudden – you get a great warm up for that first event, yeah. but then that last event, it's pretty much stepping out there and, and just trying to get it done. Uh, Touch your toes a couple of times, yeah. do a couple air squats, boom, let's do this. I mean, we we've all been guilty of it. There's no doubt, but I think that if we're really looking at to to get our five best workouts, we have to have the same focus and determination to prep our body for that work. I think there's too many. You always hear those horror stories of of, uh, you know, athletes uh, pulling something on that last rep of a, of a workout of that day. And, and, and honestly, it's just a mental focus thing, prepping their body before. Always have a good – you should have a routine in a sense. It should be something that uh, your body just, just needs in a sense to get through uh, the workout. And it, it needs to be replicated on each workout. Uh, that that warm-up doesn't need to go from, um, you know, to great to, to nothing at the end. Right. So. Yeah, and I, I think it, it goes, you know uh, – you know, when we're when we're looking at peaking athletes for for regionals or getting our team ready for regionals, you know, 
one of the big things is that that we do is we try we start putting on a couple of double days and triple days where you actually and part of that is is to get the volume in that they're going to have to kind of experience at that workout but part of it is just getting ready for 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 kind of the mental grind of that full day you know we'll usually we'll do those 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 multi multi-day workouts on like a saturday and we'll get in here and you know we may be in here for five six hours and you know, shoot, we may only we're actually be working out for a total of, of, of maybe an hour, you know, maybe do sure. four, three or four, you know, 10 to 20 minute workouts. And, you know, when you add up your actual work time, you're, you're not doing a, you know, a ton of work, maybe an hour, but, but you need to kind of prepare yourself, you know, to be able to, to go bring it back down, turn it up again, get ready to go and, and kind of repeat that effort and repeat that, um, that intensity on, on, on several, several levels there. Um, and you know, and even from the standpoint of like nutrition, you know, being able to plan what kind of nutrition that you're going to do in between these workouts, what kind of supplementation you're going to do, um, how you're going to handle, you know, recovery within the course of a day. Um, because it's very easy, you know, you get an inexperienced guy in there and you're, you're locked in a, in a facility or a, you know, arena or a you know, place like, like the stadium. And you, you got what well, you you end up, you know, eating paleo kits all day when you're, you're used to, you know, you know, training on a, on a full stomach, you know? And so, uh, so it's important to kind of start to, um, recognizing the, what the, what goes into the routine of, of doing something on, on a, on a multi-workout full day scale. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and, you know, I, not to pick on on supplements, but you know we need to be smart on the intake and timing of, of supplements and and what your body is actually adapting to. If we think of um, well, hell, just like us in coffee. I mean, I remember me getting the the little coffee at first, you know, and it, it was enough to get me ready, right? For the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. Now all of a sudden, I'm coming back with the venti. Uh, you know, I'm on number three today. Yeah. So, so you know, I'm saying like your body, your body's going to adapt to whatever you're doing. So you think that you are taking literally that that one. Uh, that one scoop of your, your pre-workout. Um, and that's why I, I think sometimes we need to think of this pre-workouts in the sense of not something that needs to get us up every day. Cause then we get adapted to it. And then when it comes like to uh, game day, we have to do five workouts. We're taking like five scoops over a day and we're riding this kind of this, uh, adrenaline roller coaster as we, as we, uh, as we do that. I think sometimes too, is that if you don't need a pre-workout, don't use it all the time. That way you can adapt to it. You don't have to like just go crazy with it on, on game day. Um, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a six week period pre, you know, going up there. Maybe when you just need it, when you walk in, don't, uh, don't let that be, uh, your body's response to knowing it has to go. It should, it should be ready to go. Yeah. And you know, you can kind of use that as a crutch, you know, for people sure. get where it's like, you have these big highs and lows, even in training where, you know, you've, and I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone is you need that, that caffeine or that pre-workout to, to, to put you in the mindset just to train, right? Yeah. And that's that's really not the the purpose. The purpose should be you should be feeling good going into the training, and that should be that little that little jolt that that really makes things kind of pop in sure. your your workout or your competition or whatever it may be. So, um, so yeah, I, I think uh, you know the the concept. Uh, this everybody kind of simplifies and thinks more is always better, right? But you know it's it's the minimum effective dose, and that kind of goes with anything that sure. you want to you want to utilize for this stuff. And again, I'm, I'm just as guilty as anyone of, of 
you know, we're we're both here at five thirty this morning, and you know, like I said, I'm on, I'm going on number three, right? <laughs> For sure. Um, but I know by by you know two today, I'm going to be suffering, and yeah. and so uh, so we want to we want to try to avoid that roller coaster, and so um, so you can you can really so that that you know whatever supplement or whatever kind of pre workout that you're you're using is effective when it when it's when it's time to be effective, right? Definitely. It's game day. Definitely. And then on, on the backside of that, too, after each workout, I mean, uh, you know, definitely have a plan of what you want to do. And, like, uh, you know, usually the, the CrossFit workouts are spaced in a, in a sense where you know how much time before the next event. Um, by all means, you know, uh, get the fluids you need. Make sure you have protein um, coming through your system because you, you realize that over a span of a day uh, of eight hours and considering that the body resynthesizes like, uh, you know, protein and, and muscle tissue every three, over eight-hour period you, or maybe nine-hour period, you, you, the body is going to resynthesize about three times. So you, you think uh, the fact of, of feeding it to the point where you can recover enough. So uh, by that last workout, um you know, you, you are better off than your competitors, um, you know, so making sure you can supplement, uh, protein and carbohydrates, uh, during that time is huge. Mm-hmm. And I know, uh, the paleo world or the cross the world, maybe it's not, not, uh, big on carbs, but carbs and protein together, uh, show that protein gets back in the, in the system a lot faster. Recovery happens better that way, uh, than not. So, um, always make, making sure that, uh, carbs are, are mixed in with protein. For sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, you know, when you're coming to to a competition, you got to do three or four, three to five workouts in a day. That's not your time to go to paleo. try to be on a strict paleo and uh, <laughs> you know go doing the low carb, um, the super low carb. You know, all protein. You know, you need those carbohydrates to um, to help you recover from from the bouts that that you're doing on a multi, you know, on that multi day scale. And it's it's also a good time. You know, uh, I think for me, for the most part, I would recommend folks utilize primarily whole foods but i mean i think uh, when you're on that competition floor and you've got those multi-workouts having that fast digestible protein um and having some of the the kind of supplementation um whether it be a protein shake or some you know uh, that's got a little bit of carb a little bit of protein and it's gonna is is important um just to get those calories in to to help uh accelerate the recovery process in between because you don't have time you don't you don't have all day to you know, you don't have six hours to digest a steak when you got five workouts to, to do in a day, sure. right? You got to get it in. You got your body needs to process it, needs to process it quickly, and you need to be ready to go. Um, generally, in about an hour and a half to two hours. So, uh, um, so that's really, you know, when it comes to like the supplementation piece, and especially on a weight, you know, with like a whey protein or a recovery drink like that. You know, that's where it's really, you know, you kind of make, you know, that's that's where you get the, your bang for the buck on it. You know, if you're just coming into the gym two or three times a week trying to lose some weight, yeah, you don't need that stuff. You just eat real food and uh, and and keep the carbs kind of pretty low, and then and then you're 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 fine. But it, it's again, you know, we got to remember that the situation determines kind of what the strategy is going to be nutritionally and things like that. And so we just got to be able to kind of delineate between. Um, what we're doing, what what we're doing, and and how we're going to affect that with with what we're taking in, um, and then the, kind of the last thing that I wanted to that we talked about, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, is as kind of this composite or this concept of competing to be able to compete. If and that does kind of sounds redundant, obviously, but uh, um, you know, there's there's something to be said for um, going into t- and doing some of these kind of smaller competitions. 
um, just to gain experience, right? You know, you you know it, it's game day, but game day can still be practice time. You know, um, so uh, so maybe you you pick a big competition that you want to try to try to compete in um, sometime in the week, and you you schedule two or three, you know, smaller smaller competitions or or, or um, different things to to kind of get yourself ready for it, so you know what it's like to to be out there and and kind of how you're going to react when you, you get out into the competition floor. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, some of the so – especially some of these athletes that are just uh, kind of getting introduced to the this side of uh, competing in the in this CrossFit world, um, you know, that maybe don't come from, say, pure athletic backgrounds. You, you have to look at it as, as, as prepping your body for even, like, uh, having that adrenaline and then the more, you know – excitation I guess you'd say on like the central nervous system and and how your body's going to respond to that um to all of a sudden go in there into a competition uh you see a lot of people maybe like pull certain things or maybe have like these kind of injuries where they tweak certain things it's because they're so hyped and this is like their one time where they you know they're putting it all out there and they're in front of people um it's good to kind of get hard into that and that's why I think it's good to if you're young uh in this competition world is to get out and, and like Wes said, definitely get in, uh, you know, it's like a season, you know, you just don't, uh, go from uh, preseason to the championship game. Make sure that, uh, you have a couple, uh, you know, uh, preseason, uh, you know, competitions or even seasonal competitions. That's going to get you hardened, uh, so that you do, uh, peak at the right time and, and have, uh, you know, your best performance when you need to. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of, you just don't want to put your eggs all in one basket either. You know, it's, I would suggest, you know, pick something out that you really want to train for and you really want to be prepared for. You know, pick two or three more where you're going to go into it with just kind of zero expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to gain some experience. You want to have some fun. And really, ultimately, that's what it's about, you know. You know, it's it's going to be, you know, there's, there's at different levels, it's going to be more competitive or more intense in terms of what the stakes are. Um, but especially for folks starting out, go into it just to have a good time, um, to learn something about yourself, um, and to, you know, to put what you, you do in the gym and all the hard work you do out on display. Um, and then, you know, as you kind of gain experience, the more experience that you gain, the better you are going to, are going to be once it comes to that, that, uh, that game day situation. So, you know, you look at even something as simple as like high school and collegiate athletics, you know, what are the, who are the generally the best you know, competitors, they're not the, the freshman and the sophomore that, that just get thrown into the 80,000 person stadium, right? You know, they, those, they get out there and they poop the bed, you know? <laughs> and so, um, and so you got to do that a couple of times. You kind of got to, you got to be ready for that. And, and then as you gain more experience, as you, as you put yourself in that environment, you, uh, you realize, you know, you kind of understand what the situations, as those situations come at you, you understand what to do and how to react and how to respond. And so, um, so yeah, so I, I encourage anyone who's kind of in this game to, to get out there, compete as, as often as you can um, within reason. Obviously, you don't want to do a competition every single weekend because then you never actually get to train, right? Then you're sure. just competing. All you're doing is recovering from competitions, and you can only do that for so long before things start to break down. Um, but, you know, try to pick out three or four competitions in a year and and you can uh, get out there and, and learn some stuff about yourself and and that's really where you get better you get better by uh or that you get better by training correctly training hard and then putting that training into action in that competition environment so we really really encourage folks to to do that and and to do it not with any expectations just the the, the expectation of this is a this is practice competition yeah so 
Definitely. Yeah. Well, cool, guys. Um, I hope uh, today was was informative for everyone in terms of, of what we want to do or what you can do to kind of prep yourself for, for uh, a competition like the Athlete Open. There's a lot of stuff um, going on in the Austin area. Um, we try to keep keep everybody kind of uh, in the loop in terms of different things that we can do. But uh, uh, if you haven't, kind of take a look and, and, and try to find something for yourself, and, and we'll uh, – We'll be here to help you in any way we can to to get out there and compete. So I hope everybody has a great week, and we will be back in two weeks. Two weeks. All right. Talk to you all later.